Hello. Welcome to Waiting for Game, Melee Stats podcast. And uh, everyone, I hope you were nice to uh, my my little substitute host last week. I took a little week off, uh, you know, vacationing by the beach, by the, the sea breeze. So uh, I, I really hope that you treated the Edwin Buddings of the world pretty well. I am, uh, I'm Gimme Dat Wheat. I'm a tournament seeder, top 100 organizer, and uh, my co-host here today is Edwin Budding. Uh, author of the book of melee and we have a great episode here today not only is today an episode oh. about summit what right we're finally there we can finally talk about summit we have a guest who's able to match that prestige uh possibly the person in smash who has helped me the most of any person it is uh arizona's own the cheat what is up mikey whoa hello Good to be here. I'm in West Covina, California, uh, which is an experience. Glad to be here. <laughs> Do you remember the moment I'm talking about? Do you remember the moment you helped me out a lot? I don't think I do. I'm trying to go back through the wheat memories. It's Main uh, Sage 2019. That that did, yes. It was after I was drunkenly bragging to you about how I saw Vampire Weekend Live. Yes. It happened after that. Do you remember what happened? We went to, was it Del Taco? We went to Taco Bell, yeah. Taco Bell, okay, Taco Bell. Yeah, one of the, uh, probably one of the best experiences I've had in all of Smash. It's one of those things, like, this is why you play this game for years. This is why you pour dedication into the game. Um, And and obviously, you know, you you helped me out a lot, uh, which was a great experience, but you've been able to pass that on. You've been able to help out a lot of other people in the Smash community, and I think we kind of have uh, a leading example of, of who might have gained a lot from your help. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> Are you talking about one Nicholas Yingling? <laughs> I, I'm talking about Nicholas Yingling. Yeah, that is the – dude, that is the story. Edwin, do you remember – like what is the closest analog to this uh, in, in terms of – I guess like Summit. Is there any other analog to like anything else that you know of? I might have mentioned this before in a previous episode – but the closest thing, thing that I can really think of was someone who did not make Summit, and that was the campaign of SmashBob SquarePants in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think that is the closest thing we truly have seen to someone like Yingling making Summit. And the difference is Yingling was actually successful. Yeah. So I actually wanted to start this off with one with a pretty straightforward question for you, Mikey. Um, when did you realize that you wanted to, like, really jump into this and give it all your give it your all to get him into summit right off the bat once we <laughs> once we learned that he was eligible basically uh we have been wow. stockpiling nick yingling memes since 2015 <laughs> waiting to use them for the correct moment this was a the confluence of a whole bunch of just different factors that came together for Nick to be able to uh, be in this position. You know, it's not also like he's just, uh, you know, making it in because, you know, we think it's funny or anything like that. Like there's been a lot of misconception actually about his qualification. People are like, Oh, well he got in because of the Galint spring tournament where he got 49th and there were DQs in his bracket, which is the DQs part. Isn't even true. The reason that he qualified was because of the 17th place at the earlier Galant tournament also. Yeah. So like he's he's been upping 
his uh, activity and his placements in, in net play tournaments over the course of the pandemic. So we were just like, all right, this is the time. Like <laughs> this, this is going to be a wild summit. Nobody's going to know what to expect because of all of the people who are eligible from the net play world. And we know that there are some Nick fans out there. So we want to capture that zeitgeist. And we knew that right off the bat. We were just like, okay, we can, we, we might be able to make something happen here. Like it's going to be tough, but uh, there's, there's a spark and, and we knew it immediately. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, I, I agree. Smashbob SquarePants is probably the closest analog, but even then uh, it's a different ballpark. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think was the difference between something like his campaign and what you guys did with Nick Ealing's campaign? Like what is, why was this one successful where, like a Smashbob or another, uh, I don't want to call anyone a meme pick, but you know, like a, a maybe unconventional pick is the nicer word. Yeah, I don't know like a whole lot about like the inner mechanisms of what Smashbob did for the Summit campaign, but I, I really think that our campaign had a bunch of just like talented people in various ways, like coming together to sort of make it happen on this beautiful canvas that was nick yingling who i think is kind of like melee's ultimate hype man uh like i've I've been talking about a lot that's what me and nick like talk about all the time it's just like stuff that would be hype for the melee community stuff that we can do with smash camp stuff that we can do with the nick yingling experience which is his uh personally branded tournament um so uh you know i think nick has ingratiated himself with a lot of people in a really like genuine way and we saw that like over the course of the campaign when he's like name searching and replying to people who are asking who the fuck is Nick Yingling and saying like, hey, what's up? That's me. I'm running for Summit. How's it going? Uh, and so I think it's that combined with just like all of the content that we were able to make. Um, obviously, like the frame one stuff it was a big part of it. Uh, you know, having someone kind of in the back pocket who just makes controllers and is willing to like give some away for the cause uh, was amazing. Even my wife painting the fish, doing digital art for people who voted for Nick Yingling. Uh, you know, all the people who made content like Fire Yams coming through with that insane video <laughs> with the fucking German interrogation <laughs> motif there. Uh, you know, all of that, I think, was like above and beyond, uh, you know, the, the normal call of duty for what your your usual melee community member is expected to do. Like everyone just kind of just kind of stepped up and wanted to put on for for the boy, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, I mean, like you hit the nail on the head here. Right. Um, so. I've got Edward on the podcast. He he brings up the shill in me. So I will shill. I, I wrote an article <laughs> on uh, PJ. PJ stats, uh, pajama stats. No, I wrote an article on PG, PG stats uh, this week, which they actually let me call who the heck is Nick Yingling, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately I was not able to devote the entire uh, piece to Nick Yingling, but uh, it highlights the six people who we saw get voted in, uh, three people who have been in like six summits already at least, mm-hmm. and then three people who have not only never been in a summit, never been top 100, and, and Nick is the, that's the question mark there, right? Um, but in the piece, I call it possibly the greatest campaign ever. I'm just going to say it. It was the greatest campaign ever. <laughs> yeah, I think easily. What you are running, uh, what you ran, I guess, and someone like, <laughs> I mean, Wizrobe, uh, or, or like whatever, whoever the Wizrobe position is every year, 
is that like Summit is ostensibly a tournament that has the 16 best players in the eyes of some people. What it really is, is it has the 10 best players and six people who got voted in. And you'll have a lot of people who are resting on their laurels as a player who could get top eight. Uh, I mean, in terms of Wizzy as a player who could possibly even win, but that's not what the tournament's about. If we're about the 16 best players, 16 best players would get invited. And in terms of campaign, there was more passion. There was more content. You know, you mentioned that that was a huge one. Uh, There was just more love put into that than I've seen from any other uh, campaigner, regardless of like their actual level of skill. So I think you guys really knocked that out of the park. Yeah, well, there there are some factors at play here that I absolutely abhor. Um, I think it's kind of a bummer that the uh, the fact of the matter is that your job as a melee player, and really this is true for like any entertainment uh, sport or product of any kind, is to like, as Slime said, sell Doritos. Uh, and so I really do wish that there could be a platform where Wizrobe didn't really like, ha- you know, and, and there are platforms, obviously, where Wizrobe can be recognized for his competitive excellence without the obligation of having to do something like that. Um, but the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, we were kind of able to co-op this in order to do something that was really cool for our friend. And I think actually like net positive. I will maintain that no matter how many Reddit comments uh, berate me and Nick to the contrary. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think uh, I, I think that there's, you know, some stuff to contend with there. But ultimately, uh, I'm I'm proud of what we did. <laughs> well, I also want to mention that, you know, it it's not like Nick got in in the first round there was a there was a moment where you guys were playing the titanic ending on on stream it it looked pretty scary none had a bomb wizzy was leading for a while and this kind of brings me to the next question i want to ask you like was there any kind of contingency plan for what would happen if nick didn't get in fuck no <laughs> the closest that we had was me tweeting at hotbid and half jokingly saying hey if nick loses we'll take just straight up two tickets to an NBA finals game as consolation, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, we'll do it. There was, there was no contingency plan. And the, and we were like, we were scared. We were running out of things to like, <laughs> to put together. But, you know, ultimately we had some more gas in the tank. We had some more content to be made. Uh, we had another controller <laughs> to give away. Uh, so, uh, you know, it got, it got us over the top in the end, but yeah, we were, we were legitimately like, Ride or die. Are there going to be like $50,000 pumped into this campaign that just effectively go to waste here? (laughs) That was the fear. Yeah, I I don't know. There's something beautiful in it, right? I mean, like, I kind of got to pick my words carefully because I think Nick is a very good player. We we haven't mentioned any of his wins. He beat Elliot, I believe. Uh, He also beat Rocket, (laughs) which is the Mm -hmm. Chilean Young Link. Uh, he's definitely got have some wins here and there. You know, he he's nothing to scoff at. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's like he clearly meant something to people on a level that uh, a top twenty player didn't. Like him getting this opportunity was a more human experience than S2J getting in for the however manyth time. Um, and like, obviously, yeah, I, dude, if I run. If this happened when I was <clears throat> just a redditor, uh, I'd be pissed. I would be one of the people who uh, sure. would probably be <laughs> balding. 
But like, I don't know, once you take a step back, once you've been the community, once you've been to tournaments and majors and, and get to meet people from around the world, you definitely have a, a respect for just the people who are willing to put all of their time in for what, right? Like, obviously, uh, you know, you have the people who are making a living off of this, which is a very small percentage. And then you have everyone else who is just like, taking time off from work as like using their vacation time yeah. to fly to a tournament uh, where they will not get out of, they, they won't make top 64. They might not make it to round two pools. And like that dedication is something that I think is like, I don't know. People, people love that. And I, I think it was weird. Nick became something bigger than himself, at least in my eyes. <laughs> he, he embodied yeah. something. He was a concept. I, Agree. And Nick, for this very tournament, by the way, was like, oh, shit, we have to fly out on Tuesday. I might not be able to make that work. <laughs> like, I have to request these hours off. He's he is the everyman, you know, like as much as we as much as we kind of joke about that with the whole I am Nicholas Yingling thing. I, I think you're right that there is something there is something relatable there. And I, I think that ultimately the lofty high goal with this is to demonstrate to people who are coming into a community with 20 years of history that you can come in and have a meaningful impact and a meaningful experience within the community without necessarily being a world beater right that has to be how our community is built in order for us to get anywhere in the future i think and so that that's how i at least uh find myself uh able to sleep at night while s2j is unfortunately going to be at home plays a vip pass but yeah edwin what's up oh okay. yeah right, so, right, right, yeah <laughs> so so what one other question i had about yingling is as we mentioned before you know yingling is a respectable player has a few few good wins here and there he's been good in arizona for a while um as far as like summit is as an opportunity like i mean i guess this would be a better question to ask him directly but like how do you see his his time time slip between being a competitor and being a TO and still remaining involved in the scene through other ways moving forward. It could it be that we see Yingling going out to more events after summit, like ma- when majors return, could, could it be that he'll be traveling out of region a lot more often? He has been traveling. Um, you know, I think he probably goes to like four or five major tournaments a year. I would say okay. he plays in pretty much two locals a week now that they're back and running in Arizona. So like he uh, he is definitely more of a player than a TO. I would say like Smash Camp and Nick Yingling experience have become like uh, kind of annual events at this point, especially Smash Camp, of course. Um, but uh, you know we have like little side projects that we work on here and there, like Axis Pizza Party and stuff. But like um, Nick is not like running monthlies or like weeklies or anything like that. He primarily is is a player. I would say. Uh, so okay. I think I think that's going to continue. I, I legitimately think that he is like the aspect about Summit that is most appealing to him is the gameplay. I think that's evident, you know, how serious he is about that and like his willingness to pay for Leffen coaching, which was uh, right. controversial, even though we didn't know <laughs> that it was him at the time. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just the just the sheer amount of melee that he's been playing, um, you know. So I, if anyone is worried about that, I I can rest. I, I can hopefully give you some peace of mind in knowing that he is taking the opportunity seriously as like a gameplay growth opportunity. 
That's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would make for good content if uh, one of us played a Stephen A. Smith and yelled about how, I don't know, <laughs> S2J deserved this. But, like, I, I can't. I, I got to agree. Um, this is – he is someone who I wouldn't have picked if you gave me, you know, 20 players or whatever. Uh, I would not have picked him. But now when he – the campaign, I got to see everything. Uh just like seen it all through yeah dude at the end of it i got so excited this means something more to like more to me than what will happen at summit literally whatever happens at summit doesn't matter i know there's a lot of people unless he wins then i guess we make a couple melee stats videos off of that Um, right 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 ride that i think we just become a yingling channel (laughs) yingling (laughs) highlights (laughs) i I definitely think that there's like this idea for the uh, last seed, I think this is the nicest way to put worst player. But there's yeah. th- th- like there's this idea that they have to prove themselves at the event and they have to win a game or a set, otherwise yeah, it's a lost spot. Like- uh, dude, I we've seen enough of Summit at this point where you know that Summit has its own thing, right? Um, yeah. I'm happy to say that it is one of the biggest majors for people at the top, but then also at the bottom, I don't know. That's a completely different opportunity. I'm so happy to see like Prisant make it in Smash Summit 9. Uh, I'm happy to see Yangling make it and completely different reasons. This is this is sick. Now, like, I don't know. Uh, am I campaigning for him for Smash Summit 12? Who knows? Fuck <laughs> but, no. We're never <laughs> doing this again. <laughs> but yeah, the, the idea of this, the concept of it, uh, I, I mean, and Nick himself, like, what a what a crazy story. Dude, never would have called this. And you got to pat yourself on the back for that. Yeah, I never would have called it until July fifth, uh, um, when it actually happened. Uh, birthday. <laughs> oh, nice. Maybe that had some birthday, with it. Uh, Mama Mama Wheat. Happy birthday, Miss Wheat. Uh, we'll actually, that makes it, yeah, that makes it sound like your wife. Never mind. I will Never say mind, that Mrs. I am Sweet. looking forward to the third incarnation of Edwin Budding's Twitter account as a Nick Yingling Highlights account. <laughs> it might be a Smash birthday account. It might go somewhat back to its roots. 12 days, we... 12 days, <laughs> 12 days to the big day. Um, <laughs> the most yeah, important day in Melee history. Nick Yingling Highlights. That, that would be a good, good next uh, career path for us. Yeah, I think so. I think this is a rocket ship that only goes up. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about already converting to an to a hungry box fan fan club kind of like not just not just a video making channel, but like a, a whole community and everything. I so think that's like our, up winning. It's like our cyanide pill and our and like a fake tooth. That's like that. What is that for us? Uh, if this ever goes downhill, we're like really plateauing. Then then suddenly we just we're just go full H box fan cams. Carry uh, up the H boss mantle so to speak. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, Hungry Boss, Cool Melee Facts, Peppas, all gone too soon. (laughs) Applebee's Esports as well. Applebee's Esports, Today and Smash, all gone too soon. Uh, Mikey, what what would you do if Nick Yingling suddenly had the most subs on Twitch? What and would you, I do? And you, you uh, have seen the rise of both Ludwig and Nicky linked to these uh, meteoric highs. 
This is a, such a weird question because this has happened to me before. We, yeah, that's why. <laughs> it again. If it happens a second time, do you start to question something? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is when I start uh, my collections calls. Actually, is when is when Nick Yingling skyrockets above uh, above Mister Sandwich from Brawless Wife Man. Uh man, I um I don't do the I've been in Ludwig's house often. Uh because I've been there once and I wasn't there for Ludwig. Uh but my <laughs> my cousin is twelve and he was watching he's like, Hey, do you know Alpharad? And I don't. So I had to pull you something. I, I felt like really? I was put on the spot. Uh and I was like, Well, you know Ludwig, right? I was in his house and he's like, I don't know who Ludwig is. And I was like, Shit. Dude, yeah, I, was, I had nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't, know if, from you, there. I don't know if you saw. Um, I got married in uh, March of 2020. There you go. Uh, Ludwig was there, and also there was my little cousin Max, 14 years old, comes up to me, very excited. Mikey, is that Ludwig? That's very <laughs> it is. Cute. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he takes a picture with him, and he calls him Shortwig which is, I believe, a joke that I made up at Shine 2018 when we had the whiteboards uh, where, uh, you know, we lots of funny memes to come out of those, like uh, editing Vicious whiteboard to say Reagan traded arms for hostages and shit like that. Uh, but uh, where I wrote, I, I was like, here's what, here's what Ludwig doesn't want you to see people at home. And I wrote Lud equals 5'9 on it. And I think that was the genesis of the Ludwig is short joke. And so uh, hearing my normie 14-year-old cousin repeat that joke back to me at my wedding was uh, a stark reminder of uh, the parasocial post-apocalyptic wasteland that we live in uh, during my wedding, which was otherwise very lovely. And I love my wife very much. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you, Edward. <laughs> not just the story but but that you love your wife especially that's no that's, that's the genuinely best wonderful yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and when you're being yourself a, right yes uh, yes mm-hmm. for sure and i as previous listeners to the show may have heard before i've had my own celebrity moment <laughs> basically my <laughs> spouse's best friend was dating a guy and when i met him for the first time he recognized me from melee stats Wow, Has, is crazy. this the, like the third podcast in a row where you brought this up? Yeah, I think it, I think it might be the third or fourth. Honestly, keep it going. And as know. and as soon as as soon as I like, yeah, that's me. Uh, my my spouse literally just goes like this, and everyone kind of looks in confusion because like I I I told them before, like yeah, you know, like I'm not like it's not like I'm instantly recognizable, but if you're but if you're at, but if I'm at a major, like a few people rec- recognize me for like melee stats and the different work I do. And this guy, this guy happened to recognize me, and now now he's like one of my best friends. Which oh, is that's really cute. Great. Yeah. Um. Quickly, I want to go back to you, Edwin, because I'm sure you've got uh got some more knowledge to drop. But uh, one of the really funny things was when I was doing melee stats deep dives, which uh had featured a guest by the name of the cheat. Yes, uh, so I would read those like three YouTube comments all the time, like on each episode. Which, <laughs> um, yeah. by the way, you can like, comment, and subscribe on on this video when it gets uploaded to the Melee Stats Archive channel on uh, YouTube. 
but I, I do read those comments and I found it really funny one time because I went to something and someone was like, I saw you at whatever Genesis. And I, I was going to say something, but I did it. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm like, there's so many levels to this. There's like so many more people who, who you should have, uh, like you, you should be starstruck. Of. You're supposed to be flattered. We, you're not supposed to question it. Dude. I'd be hyped. If a deep dives episode got like 200 views on YouTube, uh, <laughs> It was Those clearly not something that, that you should like. <laughs> I, I, they probably had more Twitter followers than me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Those are the days, dude. Uh, I had a while I was uh, so I uh, the first time I met Scar and Toph was at Evo 2018. It was not the crown jewel of that tournament, though, because in the course of being with those guys and, and Ludwig, um, I met Practical Tass. Or rather, practical task introduced himself to Bobby Scar. Uh, very elusive, Mister Practical Tass, um, and I do not remember what his face looks like. So, uh, presumably, we'll never meet again. <laughs> he tasks you. I won't know it because he is just like a um, like he's like a NPC is a very loaded term right now. Uh, <laughs> But he is a type of character who you can just uh, so there's there's Pitas who is like the Canadian version of this, and then uh, Curly W is like the FGC version of this player. Cadano oh, yeah. is the European version. It's all like they're all cut from the same cloth right here. Uh, in fact, at Evo 2018, uh, where I believe I met you in person first at that after party, but at Evo 2018, that's right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, Curly W. Uh, walked up to me and Ambi was like, hey, have you seen Pitas? <laughs> it's like, Pitas, why are you saying this to me? Because they really were dressed funny. exactly the same. Glasses, brown, curly hair. <laughs> I guess Pitas doesn't wear glasses. I don't even remember. She, no, did, it, it, did, did we end up meeting at that party, Cheat? I don't remember. And I, that's not because I was drunk. I was sober as a goddamn judge. But that's I, why I, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, all right, you know, it's... Yeah, too many Hadoukens, uh, Edwin. <laughs> something, something like that. <laughs> I was hanging out with uh, one of my friends from Smash GG who, who was working there, and we, we literally just played and drank all night. Very nice. All right, I think this is a pretty good transition. And by good transmission, I mean I'm just going to force it into the Edwin Budding Stock Exchange. So basically, if you're familiar with the show... It's three rounds of basically like a round table speed round kind of format where I ask a question and you guys get an answer. But before any of that, I'm going to explain to you what each segment is. Or at least I'll explain to you what the first segment is right now. So the first segment is called buy one, sell one. So essentially, I'm going to ask both of you a question and it's going to involve two entities or two things in Melee. And And you have to buy one thing and you have to sell the other thing. Sound good? Yep. Okay, we're we're moving into the Stephen A. Smith portion of the show now. <laughs> yeah, Stephen A. And, Stephen A. and Skip Bayless. I'm talking yeah. early 2010s, early 2010s first take territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And All then right. who's the who's the Shannon Sharp uh, third wheel kind of? Which we, we we will talk about this later. Anyway, let's let's begin. <laughs> All right, Mikey, buy one, sell one, Deft or Yingling? Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit no deft deft farms yingling for sure <laughs> so um you know if 
previous results. Uh, I don't know. There could be a summit level up. There could be a summit level up. But I think that Deft, for a while at least, I, I will be buying Deft over Yingling, unfortunately. All right. Wait. I think Deft is super good. Uh, I'm going to buy Deft because I, I don't know how long he's going to be in Japan. But I think the idea of a Marth player in Wait. Japan is going to get like so many people who care about him. Uh, he Really, all he has to do is like level up there, beat uh, all of their... Uh, Fox players because they like don't have Marths and then just come back to America and not lose to slime. I forget. I am changing my answer because at Def's going away party, Nick was farming him so hard in friendlies that he momentarily left out of salt. And I'm sorry to blow up your spot, Deft, but that information absolutely changes this answer. It had to be shared. So I'm changing my answer to Yingling. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll move on to the second buy one, sell one. We buy one, sell one. Peach players complaining about commentary or commentators complaining about Peach players complaining? Uh, I guess I will... Uh, dude, this is rough. Um, I'll buy the Peach players complaining about commentary. Uh, first off, I think Dark Atma, I would consider a chic player. I don't know how that changes everything. But uh, yeah, I gotta say, it's not a good look from either people. Um, you know, when uh, the commentators if they don't realize that you are like double jump landing, uh, down smashing Q out of shield Q drop. If they don't mention that, it's not a big deal. They're, they're talking to the people who like only know hungry box and, uh, hacks for other reasons. Um, so like, obviously they don't have to really go into this, but, uh, sure. I'll, I'll stick with my, my peach brethren, this character who I haven't played in God knows how long. All right. Thank you. So I think that there is a valid point to be made about commentators maybe affecting the tr- career trajectories of players when they talk shit about them, uh, a la Hugs86. I think ultimately that's probably for Hugs' benefit because it's kind of like the you – know, you know. anyway, I think that there's something to be said for that. However, I will pick commentators complaining about Peach players complaining about commentators – uh, because in general, I just think that complaining about commentary is, uh, is not cool, especially when done a public way. I don't think it's productive. I think if you really want to be productive with someone, you can like DM them or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, as a commentator myself, I feel like if I would be a bit of a scab to the union, if I were to answer any differently, look, you got to stick to your commentators. I got to right. stick to my beach players. There we go. Yeah. Nothing against the Peach players. I think Peach is sick. I will never complain about any character um, beyond, you know, something that is like obviously a joke. Mikey, buy one, sell one. Beyond Melee or Project Plus? Project Plus. Uh, did not rub me the right way, that trailer. <laughs> is that it or you want to expand? That's it. That's it. Uh, All right. I am going to stick up for bat for Beyond Melee. I think that the trailer was not good, uh, but I, I think that it's okay to make a misstep. It's unfortunate if your misstep is literally your first entrance into the community. Um, that being said, I don't think we need more fake Melee games. I'm sure it's fun. Yeah. I don't know why they took out characters, but uh, whatever, <laughs> fine. Um, I, I'll say, yeah, Project Plus. Dude, Project Plus is at like four different majors. It's at his own major and is at three of three announced 2021 majors. Uh, I, if I have to pick one fake melee game, I will, I will pick that fake melee game. That fake melee game that we played 
before rollback came out. Especially because it's like, it's a lot of, you know, my question about Beyond Melee, aside from, you know, the trailer and what they said about Project Plus is like, who are they expecting to like play that game? I, I don't think they're going to get converts from Project Plus, right? All right. I, I don't think that's where the player base is coming from. You're cut off. Oh, okay. just, we, we just got to keep it they moving. Can. That's all. <laughs> all right. So that was my key. Okay. We, the next segment is, are you buying the dip? So I'm going to name a stock that's currently at low evaluation. And you're going to tell me if you're going to buy it with the expectation yeah. that it's going to get better over the next few months or so. So we, are you buying the dip on Ty? Yeah, I will always buy the dip on Ty. Ty, uh, Ty is—he acts like clockwork. He is—he uh, is like the moon, waxing and waning. He will always have tournaments where he loses to Tank, and and gets fifth at this tournament where he's seated like second. And it'll be like, dude, is Ty top one hundred this year? Uh, he will always have those moments. I think we're kind of going going to see that currently. Uh, after, I mean, it's a crude battle performance is a lot to take away, but uh, yeah. I, I definitely think that he will have a bunch of those weird performances in the first half of 2022. And then somehow in September, he will get like two top 50 wins at a bracket, get top 64 at the big house and end up 72nd in the world again. He can't be stopped. Mikey. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much in the same boat. I, I do I do want to say also that every uh, Arizona melee player does have the built in John of having to play their uh, slippy through Cox Communications internet services. So um, yeah, that's uh, not good, and uh, I think we'll reflect better uh, when we come back in person. So yeah, buy, buying the dip on tie, so to speak. Interesting, Mikey. That leads us into the second question: For are you buying the dip? Are you buying the dip on Axe's Pikachu? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's no way it could be worse, right? I, I don't know. I mean, there were some good performances in there. I think, uh, I think he did well at Smash Summit Ten, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think there's just something about. I don't really know what it is with certain players in net play that make their performances, you know, uncharacteristically bad. But I think that was kind of the case even like before Slippy with with Axe, even though it's a different ball game. But either way, I'm I'm buying the dip here. I not to be biased. I mean, these are all Arizona players, so I feel like <laughs> I'm I'm kind of prone to saying that they're going to perform better. But uh, yeah, I, I think Axe is going to do significantly better once we uh, I, once we head back in. Tell me, we I'll do it. Um, currently he is playing like he is don't test me, which is very weird. Uh, he's playing like he's by far the best and he gets to pull out his Scorpion Master because the characters that we've seen from him in the past, like six months have been like Marth, Young Link, Falco, Ices. Uh, but his actual Pikachu results in 2021 have been like losing to Billy Bo Peep and Toussaint. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't really get much lower than this. Uh, do I think he's going to be like top five? Dude, I I wasn't calling that he was going to stay top five when he was top five. Um, so I, he might not be like gaining to new heights, but yeah, dude, he, he will get back to some level as long as he doesn't do what Ambi wants him to do, which is become a Fox mate. No, he's not going to fucking do that. He's, he's flirted with that for years now. He, he must be the temptation. <laughs> all right and we are you buying the dip 
on the Crimson Blur. <laughs> I don't know what there is to buy. What does that I don't know mean? What the dip is. I, uh, this is, man, what an esoteric question. I, I guess I won't. Um, he's currently like, is he still in his Slay the Spire hole? We haven't seen him recently. Uh, I think he will make more tweets that make people angry, but I don't know if that makes his stock go up. It's kind of a confusing question, but uh, I don't know. Ever since I went to dinner with him at Genesis 7 and I tried mm. to complain about how you changed your Smash account from this day on Smash to your personal account, and he <laughs> he was like, I respect that. Ever since he said that, uh, he's kind of put me off. Yeah. So I will I will not buy out of principle. <laughs> Edwin, before I answer this question, can I ask if you can offer some uh, – falsifiable criteria as to why crimson blur has it's on a dip uh okay, yeah sure, i'm joking not? i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> okay all right all right i'm making i'm making fun of you again i'm sorry uh anyway <laughs> um jesus yeah i i guess i mean i got picked for summit commentary over him but i don't know if he's like chasing the commentary gigs like that <laughs> People do compare us a lot. I've uh, (laughs) – Jesus. There was one uh, Twitch comment that said I look like a shorter, gayer Crimson Blur, which is (laughs) – How do you respond to that? (laughs) You don't. Say thank you, I guess. (laughs) Probably the best way to respond to that. Um, uh, Yeah, I have a soft spot for Blur, I will say, as a commentator. Uh, you know, he does make tweets that make people angry and that is hard to ignore, but, uh, you know what? I, I think Crimson Blur is going to be a top 100 player this year. I'll come out. <laughs> <and play it. laughs> All right. And for the last question of the Edwin Budding stock exchange, this is for the, the final segment market watch, which is kind of like a grab bag of questions. So Mikey, I know this is a lot to predict given that we have a bunch of months uh, until this happens, but tell me if you had to pick a player right now, who is the next surprise, unexpected, quote unquote, meme pick for Summit? I would like to see Ben Snape give it another run with a little little experience under the belt. Maybe pick a different Smash Ultimate set as his uh, his selling <laughs> point. Uh, but. You know, I saw I saw some good energy uh, behind Ben Snape, though admittedly it was mostly in the melee stats Discord. So, uh, yeah, we'll go we'll go with Ben Snape. I'll I'll uh, I'll get behind a little Ben Snape pick next time. All right, and we you get the last word. Uh, I love the energy of picking a melee stats patron, uh, and I'm going to match you on that. I'm I'm not going to pick Grab, although that's a great choice, or Louisiana's Rabbit, both great choices. I'm going to pick uh, Dark Genix. Mm, that's a good one he has been he's been killing it on like every end uh the content he's put out uh content panel pro uh his his co-content panel guy right here um has been been really really good uh it's crazy to see something that is like maybe non-essential as like the memes he puts out just be so high quality but I, i think that he is a person who puts a lot of he has a high quality control. You can see that in his seating, uh, his tournament organization. You can see that in his content creation and also uh, snow halation. Content creation mm. and snow halation. Yep, 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 yep. So uh, I, I would love to see him make his like eighth summit uh, and it be his first as a competitor. 
right. This was a great stock exchange. A lot of good answers between you two. I'm going to have to give it to Wheat for the final one. So congratulations, Wheat. You have won another edition of the Evan Budding Stock Exchange. You get your minute of fame. I I thought I was going to lose this one. I mean, uh, we should mention that this is rigged. Uh, from from the moment Edwin Budding's stock exchange starts, he, he's already decided he's going to win. But uh, I do appreciate the the game nonetheless. Going you know going through the motions of it all, and uh, I will say this: I might have come out on top this time, but uh, Mikey, I think you're going to come out on top when it comes to the NBA Finals, mm. mostly because my team has already been eliminated. <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> my team eliminated Mikey's win. <laughs> You know, not not too many people on my team who can't shoot jump shots, so that's good. And a former Sixer on your team, the uh, the genesis of the entire fish meme, Mikhail Bridges, who was a Sixer for all of two hours or something. Yeah, he uh, got drafted. He he grew up in the Philadelphia area. Uh, he went to Villanova, which is obviously a big Philadelphia basketball um, college. His mom worked for the 76ers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what a dream to be drafted by your childhood team. And then, yeah, we just kind of shipped him out for Zaire Smith like almost immediately. So, oh, man. I don't know. I, I still love the guy. Still rooting for him. Even if he was only a sixer for like uh, less than a day. I'm a huge McHale fan. He reminds me of Sean Marion, who is my favorite childhood player a little bit. So, big fan. Well, uh, we're talking about the NBA Finals. I think it's time we, we get to probably the biggest analog that Smash has seen in, dude, how long? You know, maybe LACS, but going back before then, probably Smash Summit 9. Like, we are seeing what is the first major, uh, even though it's only 16 players, we're seeing the first major, not only of 2021, but in like 18 months' time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, there is so much to get into here. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Smash Summit 11. So I want to talk about some specific predictions a little further on. I want to, you know, we're going to talk about who's going to win. Um, we're going to talk about, obviously, all roads lead to HBox. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot uh, have an episode where we don't discuss HBox. Uh, so we're going to talk about him. But, uh, but before we get into, I just want broad predictions. You know, we have sixteen players here. We have pools. We have gauntlet pools because Aiden is a freak in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have a final bracket. So we are going to see a lot of matches. Uh, and like, what, what, any predictions we got of these 16 players, Mikey? It's hard to argue against Zane. Um, I think it helps that, you know, like S2J is not there. That's one more player for him to kind of dodge a little bit uh, in terms of people who could give him trouble in bracket acts as a huge wild card in that regard. And I think further, the gauntlet pools are a huge wild card because it's a little bit, it's going to be a little bit harder for us to predict like, who is going to have to play against who uh, as as the course of the tournament goes on. Um, but, you know, the results kind of speak for themselves. I think, you know, Zane Mango Grand Finals is, you know, a pretty easy prediction to make, but I think it's the most likely outcome here. Um, but, you know, it, like, who knows what's going to happen with the uh, the transition from online to, to land melee. Um, you know, HBox could return to form, Axe could return to form, and those are two people obviously who can who can give Zane and Mango trouble. Um, so 
I don't know, man. I I want to see uh, I want to see the new players do well. Also, I think this is a really cool opportunity for us to see some 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 fresh faces, not just Nick, but Pipsqueak and Acklow and LSD uh, as well. Uh, and you know, Toussaint getting another shot at it is hype, given how uh, he's been playing recently online. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have too many like specific predictions about bracket, uh, but those are kind of the the trends that i'm looking forward to seeing gauntlet pools is weird and i will have to understand that as we go along and read up on them a little bit more the Uh, the glory of of an aiden run event uh is always like desperately trying to figure out what is happening during it yeah it it is uh it is some sort of weird like fever dream of a of a melee tournament but they always turn out well and uh we got what i hope is first of many unfortunately you know he, he did announce that he will be leaving uh bts to join the uh Lud empire um but uh we got to see a beautiful stream where he yelled at people for saying that yeah. people who didn't like his seating mm-hmm. what a dude what a piece of content 30 minutes of just an angry tia we need more of that Get me on the line, Aiden. Next time, I'll I'll back you up. I'll be your hype man. That is the representation that we need to see. That's what the Nick Ealing campaign's all about. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nick Ealing was there. He was in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> very hype. Lobbying to be a higher seed somehow. Put That's him first seed. Put Zane sixteenth. Put him first. See what happens. <laughs> no, nothing changes. <laughs> Which is why it's hype. But yeah, I uh, I know. Edwin has some players who he thinks are going to do well. So I'm going to stick away from these players and I'm going to predict some people who I think might have some, uh, some really good sets here. Uh, Like you said, it's hard to talk about specific sets, but I think not having this like really easy to follow bracket means that we can talk about like how people are generally going to do instead of being like, Oh, this guy's got to play a Fox and then a Marth. Uh, we can talk about how they will do versus the field, which I think like opens us up to a more broad conversation. I think Aklo, Aklo really, really mm-hmm. could shine here. Um, I think the only thing, I, the only misgiving I have about any of this is his initial pool is people who have been relatively active online, uh, which kind of stinks. It would be really cool to see this guy who has never been outside of New York get to play people on land who he. Um, has like never gotten a chance to play even online, but just seeing him on land will be a sight to behold. Uh, he was a monster in those Hexes Night Club performances. Uh, it's like shine mining, swooper, and all that shit. So he will be sick to see. I think his matchup spread against like Fox uh, and the floaty characters. I think he has just has such a lock on all of that. Oh, about the link, I, I don't know about that, but. Uh... <laughs> But other than that, I, I think that he will – Well, this is a good chance for him to really shine. Yeah. Uh, Edwin, say yours. I, I know what they are, but we have to go through the motions. So I think the one of the most interesting players to watch at Summit, in spite of all my bias, uh, I think is LSD. I could see that I – could, I could see LSD making a massive run to top eight where they just beat every Spacey they play and look like someone who's going to be the best player in the world in two years – or I could see them losing every single set they play and just, just flaming out. I think their potential as a player is just so extraordinarily high. And just the, the way they play is exciting. It's, it's volatile. I think, uh, 
I think their story is really compelling as, as someone who, you know, he, he came up in a region where he didn't, where he was young. He didn't have much access to travel. Um, he, he was kind of in a closed talent pool for a while. And suddenly they had this massive blow up over, over rollback where they started beating everyone, taking names across several different matchups in particular, uh, I, I really want to see how LSD does against some of the some of the players who aren't necessarily net plate grinders. So this kind of goes back into what Wheat was talking about with Aklo before of wanting to see wanting to see someone play someone that they don't normally play as much. So that's someone who uh, who I really want to see because I think the way bracket could turn out is just so for for LSD in particular is so is so dependent on on the day. But I will say on the topic of predictions, obviously Pipsqueak's status of attending Summit is a little up in the air now, given given yeah. the border situation. But with the field that we know or the field that we currently expect to be at Summit, all things considered, I think it's going to be very tough for Toussaint. And it's not because I think he hasn't improved. It's not because I, I don't think he's a good player or that he hasn't earned it or whatever. But I think... And funnily enough, I think this kind of applies to Hungrybox, but we just ignore it because we've seen Hungrybox dominate before. Yeah. I think this is a really tough field for Jigglypuff. You gotta yeah. worry about Zane and Mango are obvious. You gotta worry about Wizrobe and none. You gotta worry about these terrifying spaces that will run you over or camp you if they need to. This is it's gonna be tough for Toussaint to really differentiate himself in, in the in the field as as it's given right now. So yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see how, how he does. So you mentioned Toussaint. You're completely right. Uh, and if you want to get into it, you know, you're right. Zane is hard. Mango is hard. IBW, of course, is yeah, like, of course. so clearly a favorite. Oh, well, I, I don't, who knows what, what uh, fucking LAN HBOX is going to be like. But was such a clear favorite uh, against HBOX in the netplay events that we got to see. But even you get further down and um, you get... Pipsqueak, who I think is, is has a lot of solo battle perfor- uh, practice uh, just from playing online. Not that they're like super close, but uh, the European netplay events that they do, they get to play a lot. Um, you get you get LSD, who literally beat HBox. LSD was like the person who HBox went to to relearn how to play versus Marth after Shine 2018. Uh, so obviously LSD has got some stuff. And then Aklo, you know, I talked about those. Uh, those 2020 LAN performances we got to see from Aklo, I had such a feeling when watching him play at a Hax's nightclub, uh, he barely lost to Toussaint. And when I see those types of losses, I think Toussaint's not going to think about this lo- uh, this win, but Aklo's going to think mm. about this loss the entire time. Uh, and the next time they played, Aklo, I, I think he like 3-0'd him. He might have been 3-1, whatever it was. I think this is that Scorpius to win. It was the uh, tournament where two Saints stood up and then Aklo stood up back just to make that's fun. That's right. <laughs> it, yeah. It's on like... That's TikTok. <laughs> hey, uh, we stand Smash casts around here. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice ass I, patron, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're right. This is such a hard one for two Saint, but I got to bring up another question is this hard for amsa like i want to say it is but amsa's whole career has been being in japan and then months in between major performances and everyone's like he probably sucks now yeah i bet he sucks uh i bet he can't beat this person anymore and he comes back and he does better 
So I, I guess I want to know, like, Mikey, do you got any secret umsa thoughts that you want to drop on us? Obviously, uh, Arizona, a famously weird place. Got some Yoshis there. I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as Amsa goes. Uh, I you know, I could see him beating none. I don't know about Zane. You you would think that matchup could be something that would give Zane trouble, but he's just proven to be, you know, pretty pretty sound at dealing with the the sort of Amsa trap that brackets can sometimes throw at you. I, I do not know if none will be as prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um and I do not think that Nick Yingling will be enough, <laughs> despite the matchup experience, to, to put up a fight. Uh, God, what pool. a bad player. He can't beat Amsa. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, man, it's really like out of the frying pan into the into the fire. You know, it's Summit, so it's to be expected. But, like, Nick just gets thrown in there with three of the top 20 melee players in yeah, the world. It's, it's tough because – you throw them in any of those pools and it's super hard, but this one is like particularly egregiously high level. All these players are here are such killers. Uh, all top eight material. Like the, all these players can make top eight. Yeah. Um, Amsa, dude, I don't know. Uh, we, we've done this before, like I said, so it's hard to call him out. Um, I'm not very certain that he's going to succeed. Maybe it gets like a ninth, maybe a seventh. But the thing I want to see more than anything else from Amsa, I want to see another H-Box Amsa set. Mm. Those were so wild. Uh, literally, I'd say that never... looks bad for H-Box right now. You know, lost to Whiskers, whiskers. lost to Beezam. Beezam. <laughs> uh, now, who knows? H-God only loses when he so chooses. So we really Correct. don't know what's going to happen. But as Amsa already beat uh, H-Box at a summit before, I think what it was a summit six. Uh, I don't really remember off the top of my head, but he's already beaten him at Summit. Uh, did he beat him at Summit twice? Was there like an eight set or something like that? I don't even remember. Uh, but he's done very well versus H-Box uh, and even sets like main stage that go like last game, uh, like a timeout and stuff like that. Those are always hype. So I don't know what we are going to see from that. Uh, we might not even see it, but that is what I want to see. I really want to see Amster versus H-Box because I think that is a player who he could really do well against. And that is not only like proving grounds for AMSA, but that's proving grounds for HBox as well. Because I think right now, if you polled people who like cared about melee, uh, since some, like people who watch online melee, I think that they would count HBox out. So this is like a really funny set to be like such a determiner. Uh, now we, it's a, it just never have. I think that'd be a super fun one. You know, I'm actually interested to hear both of your takes on this. We haven't seen, uh, you know, just looking through each of Mango's different opponents and how tough they are, how favored he might be over them. How do you see Mango Amsa, like, for the first time when they play again? Because those two have always had a weird, like, rivalry with each other where it seems like Mango should be winning a lot, but then there will be stretches where Amsa will beat him like a few times in a row and just when you think just when you think you know Amsa would be favored in their head-to-head Mango just like washes him once or twice this has got to be like the hardest bracket to predict of all time right it's <laughs> aside from you know maybe maybe yeah. you count like maybe you count like the the bottom four seeds as people who you can kind of pencil in to like not get top eight or something like that but aside from that 
geez, it, <laughs> who knows what to expect, you know, especially because AMSA hasn't played anyone from NA mm-hmm. in so long. Uh, but you're right. This is exactly this is exactly the kind of situation where I could see Mango going into that match against Samsa. We're feeling on top of the world, even if he's playing well that day, right? We're thinking like this is a this is a Mango Grand Finals run. Yeah, and exactly. It, like three out or three one or something like that, and it's just we've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it happens. It's happened multiple times. <laughs> uh, Mango and Amsa is a very funny set history because. Uh, I'm going to pull a classic wheat here, uh, but it's going to be like modified classic wheat. Uh, so what I would do every week on, on the Melee Stats Deep Dives podcast is that no matter what happened to Leffen, I would say he's still one of the best in the world. Uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> if he just got fifth. Uh, he's still the favorite to win next time. And I do that for Mango every time he plays Amsa. I will see him get washed by Amsa, and I'm like, I think he's got this next time. Uh, and that would sound dumb in but if he didn't beat him at Genesis 7. He yeah. I don't remember if it was a 3-0 or his 3 but it was a, a pretty commanding victory. Uh he looked like he I don't know. I, I want to say understood the matchup, but I also think that like Mango's understanding of matchups is <laughs> it's very hard to say like it has a typical understanding. But yeah, I, it seemed like he knew how to play versus Amsa and beat Amsa last time they played. Obviously, you're right. They haven't played since Genesis 7. That was, uh, what, January 2020? Correct. We could see a lot of different stuff. And and the thing is, um, you don't know what bracket what your, what your bracket's going to be. And the preparation time might be hard. You might not have, like, a, a Smash GG bracket, uh, projected bracket that you can check and then... Like, oh, I got to remember how to play versus Yoshi. You might not have that. Um, and in a situation like that, Amsa is definitely going to be more used to playing Falco than Mango would be uh, for playing against Yoshi. Dude, I, I truly don't know. This is. I mean, uh, does Mango go Fox against him? We saw him do that at some point. He he did the thing where he like lost two games as Falco, went Fox, almost made a reverse 3-0, and then the next time he plays him, he beats him with Falco. Uh We've seen a lot of Mango Fox in, like, the thumbnails of Mango's uh, YouTube channel, so who knows? I feel like we've been tricked by this before. Um, I guess a slight pivot would be, you know, we we talk about Mango Spaces versus, uh, like, Sheik or or versus uh, Yoshi. It's like, who who knows who he goes? What about Puff? He's got HBox in his pool. What do we see? Do we do we see the return of the Mango Fox? The, yeah, I think uh, I think he goes fine. Twenty seventeen yeah. dash dance, or or do we see the uh, the uh, Scorp two as Ambu would I call mean, it? He did tweet, and he was like Fox against Marth, Fox against Falco, Fox against Puff, Fox against uh, dumbass mid tiers, or whatever he said. So, so he tweets uh, a lot of things. Is it is it subterfuge? Is the question right? And it very well might be, but I think for H Box in particular, I think chances are pretty high that the mango pup comes out to make an appearance oh okay you said mango pup i thought you said puff for a moment I was like, <laughs> that would be very up yeah got it fire fire puff 12 popping off <laughs> yeah the the soul this is, this is already clipped True it ship it. this is already on fire puff's youtube channel <laughs> um yeah dude i it'll will be really interesting to see and i i think something that 
could change how he thinks about this is uh, the current pool that they have. So uh, this is the only pool that has a double of any character uh, that we've seen. This is so it's um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I think Esfet and Aklo are in the same pool as well. Uh, but Moki and Pipsqueak are in the same pool. And that is two foxes who get to play against Hbox. If you guys remember, I mean, it's hard to like boil down Hbox's success to like, if everyone plays Fox, he's good. If everyone doesn't play Fox, he's bad. But he's had struggles in the past where he might have Zane in the Marth matchup, Wizzy in the Falcon matchup, Amsa, even if he's not winning, but giving him like struggles uh, in the Yoshi matchup and having this varied spread sometimes led to him uh, bowing out at like third or fourth or something. Yeah. Um, and, but we've seen tournaments where he will get a Sheik player who goes Fox and then he'll get a Falco player who goes Fox and he'll get <laughs> Fox player. And then he'll just all these people. And I don't know, obviously the play styles of Moki and Mangos Fox and Pipsqueak are all different, but you, if you wanted to like write a story where Hbox comes back, I think that this is how it starts. Yeah. And you know, Moki's even Moki's been pretty hot lately. You know, Moki's Moki's had some good performances in SCL, and I think it uh, it was Gommel, right, that he got second to none there. Um, second to none. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's traditional. It's traditional H box food, right? It's it's what he wants to see in the bracket. It's when it's when he chooses not to lose, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess this gets to it. We have to talk about it at some point. Hbox is in bracket, and barring some sort of weird double DQ, Hbox will have a placing in this bracket. So now we have to put our money where our mouth is, and we have to pick a placing. I don't. You, you can elaborate on it why you think, or you can just give a number. But I think we have to all go around, finally put it, you know, put, put our money on the line and just say a number. Um, I will. I will start. It's really tough. Uh, I'm going to say fifth. I think he is going to start in winners. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't know. It's tough. Because the, the gauntlet does give a lot more opportunities. Uh, you're not just like, so, if you finish third in your pool, you're not suddenly starting in losers. Uh, but I think he'll start in winners. And I think he'll get to winner semis and then lose to one of the top echelon of players. Because I think the... Mango, Zane, that tier right there, they're just so clearly great that I think they have the edge. Um, and then you get IBW, who is not at the like clear number two level, but is so good at that puff matchup where I think he's still good versus uh, Hbox. Uh, you've got Wizzy, who's done well. Like I think he will play someone in winter semis who gives him a really tough time, go down to losers, and then get fifth, losing to someone who, just the same thing, has that, that puff acumen. Uh, and, and is able to to take out Hbox. So I'm gonna I'm gonna etch it into stone. I'm saying fifth place. Anok, what do you think? I'm trying to, you know, a great show The Sopranos once taught me that in life, uh, things don't neatly resolve in any extreme the way that you want it to. So I'm trying to think of the most unsatisfying and un, like the most pointless outcome. <laughs> I'm gonna say he. Get, I'm gonna say he gets seventh, but he gets seventh by virtue of a very uh, 
un- difficult bracket turnout where he has to play like IBDW who who falls down early for seventh place and he loses to like Zane and in the winner's bracket or however it's Mm -hmm. set up in the gauntlet stage. I'm going to say that he makes it out of his pool at second place, but it's not convincing at all, but it's also not like enough to dismiss him entirely. And uh, yeah. And he loses to Zane like three, one loses to IBW, maybe three, two, three, one for seventh. So you're saying we learn nothing. Yes. Nothing is to be learned from this event. Uh, I'm going to go with the least satisfying because I genuinely could not tell you like with a straight face. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything of note. He just kind of goes into work, clocks in, gets seven clocks out. Yeah. He maybe, maybe he gives us a fist bump if he like beats Moki in pools or something. But like, what, what does that really, really tell us? You know, I respect this. What would be the, uh, so if that's the, if that's the analog the, to the Sopranos ending, what, yeah, what the would David be, Chase ending? What would be the analog to the Bobby Bacala scene on the boat where he, <laughs> where he kind of predicts the ending? <laughs> would that be H box like on second to Mango being like okay second to Mango? All right, I, I, dude, I love this. Are you gonna that's, give us oh, any any more? Well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the hype ending, right? That's the. That's the dream. Does right? he reset grands? He resets grands, and oh, it's no. and he gets second in mango. That's the dream ending, right? That's what that's what everyone will be talking about on the internet. I think, um, man, what's likely to happen though? I guess we get who who else is in his pool aside from Moki and Pipsqueak again? Mango. That's right, Mango. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What if he uh, beats Mango but just gets washed by Moki and Pipsqueak? That'd be that'd be great. That'd be a great moment in melee history. And unfortunately, I can see it. <laughs> he, he just Ooh. beats Mango in the most he, anticlimactic. It's like one of those three-one sets where, like, midway through Mango, you. It's kind of like the point where you see Mango just like give up and start running at him in the corner. It, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's he's down like three stocks of two on Pokemon Stadium. Uh, down two games to one, and he's just like. Naring, like just like running, yeah, naring right into the corner. <laughs> uh, uh, and then he tweets that Pipsqueak is the best fox versus Puff in the world, or something. Uh, I can see it too, too vividly. But uh, what I want to see vividly, I want to see this idea where he gets second. Let me let me hear some more about this, Mikey. Yeah, you got to tell us the path. What does it look Fuck like? It. I'm gonna say that HBox gets second at this tournament. <laughs> I'm gonna say that he. He beats Mango in pools. I, I'm going to say that he he wins his pool outright. And I'm going to say that, geez. So he beats Mango, Moki, and Pip or whoever, yes. whoever might be there. And I think he uh, I think he just gets whomped by Zane in grand finals probably. And then he uh, he, he whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. You, you said Mango won first. No, there's two people in grand finals at this point. No, well, no, I no. Guess I, I, it, was, it was the dream scenario, right? But I think ultimately... I don't know how I don't know if I can commit to this dude is the only thing. What what H box are we gonna see? Dude, H box should get thirteenth and we and we we'd all be taught like none of us have any idea how he'll do because we don't know because the the whole question is if rollback so I think we can agree that given what the community had, rollback results mattered for the time being because we didn't yeah. have another alternative. 
But what the question is now is how much predictive value did any of that carry over, right, for Lan? It's tough, right? I mean, like, it it depends. A lot for a certain level. Uh, I think that I could say pretty certainly that the players who we've seen at Summit uh, who flew under the radar, the Aklos, Pipsqueaks, uh, LSD, all those players, I think, have blown up uh, across rollback and you gotta say like those are real but hbox yep. different story i really have no idea if any of it is real if are we in a simulation right now no <laughs> uh, I, I i don't i can't possibly uh, figure this out so the, the most we can do is put a meaningless number out there and and just watch and see what happens see what he wants to do it's gonna uh, be a hell of a ride Whatever he's going to get, he is going to shoot for this. If he wants to get first, he could get first. If he wants to get 13th, he can get 13th. He controls everything. He chooses. Speaking of first place, uh, I guess it's time that we, we got to get down to Brass Taxi and we talk about where HBox is going to finish. None of us said first. So uh, we got to we got to do the fun thing. Who is getting first here, uh, Mikey? You said a couple different answers. The dream scenario is Mango, but I guess the realistic scenario is Zane. I think it's Zane. I, I think Zane's going to win the tournament. I think he's just, you know, even even I think it's fair to expect a dip in H box performance from what we saw before. If nothing, just by like the adjustment, you've, you're coming off of bad performances. Stuff like that. I don't think that HBox is going to snap into prime HBox shape in a day or whatever, or even over the course of this week. Um, and I think Zane is just primed to beat everyone else. I I hate to say it, but I think if he runs into Axe, he probably wins for the first time. Uh, even though that could, that could be something that trips up the bracket for him, there are some places where it could be tripped up against like Nun or Wizrobe or you know Mango. When they when they eventually meet in bracket, um, but I think Zane is just primed to beat all those people, and I don't really think there's a good argument to be made that he loses to anyone outside of that early in bracket to put him in a position where he has to make a loser's run. I think that he's, uh, you know, he's kind of clear cut the favorite for me. Edwin, what do you, Mikey? Think? I think I think everything you're saying makes sense. I think Zane by the numbers is the is the favorite, but I think it's going to be. I think while he did luck out by not having to deal with another tough matchup like SJ, I think Plup is going to be a problem for him. I think in That's addition true. That's to, a good point. I think in addition to Axe being there, you know, we've seen a bit of what Zane versus Plup online looks like, and Zane has had the advantage there. I'm not quite convinced that's going to carry over one-to-one to a LAN edition of Summit. So I think even if you want to say that Zane is the favorite against Plup, which I think is not... It's not totally unreasonable. I think the fact that there's someone like Plup in bracket alongside Axe to prepare for, alongside Mango to prepare for, you know, is Zane favored in all of those matchups? Maybe, but I don't think they're they're not like gimmies, you know. It's a it's a lot to ask to prepare for Axe, to prepare for Plup, to prepare for Wizrobe, to prepare for Mango. You know, there's there's so many people in this yeah. bracket that could that could give him a tough time. And I think you don't have to like, you know, individually again, maybe he's favored, but cumulatively that's a lot to ask for. And that's why I'm going to pick mango 
Because I think mm. that if you were to look at Mango's tough matchups in this given competitor field, who does he have? There's Zane, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's there's Plup, who who Sheik has given him, you know, like has some, some issues been, in the past. Yeah, some issues in the past. But if you look lifelong at their head to head and typically how like Mango does, Mango more often than not goes even or has a slight advantage with Plup. I think that um you know, we mentioned with Amsa before that Amsa's caught Mango off guard a few times, but I still expect Mango to win that. And more importantly, I think I expect Mango to turn a lot of those potentially scary matchups around in his favor more than I do for Zane to overcome Axe hmm. and to show that the, his rollback performances are going to carry over into overcoming an overwhelmingly negative record against Plup. And I think Mango may not even have to... That, to be fair, you can make the same argument for Zane also. But I think in Mango's case, like Mango may, or I think in either case, they may not have to worry about Plup because Plup has to worry about all these terrifying spaces at the event as well, yeah. specifically yeah. Fox players. So I, I just don't think that. I think that's very likely that Zane will have to play Wizzy or, or Axe again. And I think those are scary for him. And I don't think it's, and I think it's very likely that Mango can kind of just like focus on Zayn, keep his high baseline level of play against everyone else, and win. So Mango's going to be my pick. It's wild that we haven't talked about Plup to this point, who is somebody who has major winning potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Edwin, we, you got I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. We took the words right out of my mouth, but we we branched off at the very end. Um, Ooh. So we both have uh, articles uh, about who is likely to win Summit. You have yours on MeleeStats.co, which is already out. I have mine coming out on PGStats.com sometime later this week. Go look. Yeah, you read my one article, who the heck is Nick Yingling now, and look for the other one, which doesn't have as fun of a title. Um, But we we both end up with a really similar look at Plup. You said Plup is the third most likely to win. Uh, I hedged my bets. This is not ranked, but I would probably put him third or fourth. Um, but I'm going to say it. I'll pick Plup. One, it's never fun Ooh. to pick the, the favorite, which is Zane. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're right. Plup's bracket is really scary because it is a it is the time where he has to show, like, can he beat Fox players, which is something we used to see uh, when he was winning. Well, I guess he only really won one major, but when he was at a major winning caliber, SFAT was maybe not very scary or a uh, top 20 Fox player was not that scary. Uh, but now we've kind of in a, in a different role. You're right. Moki is scary for him. IBW, I think is, is probably one of the really biggest tough. threats. The only other big threat who would be at that level SFAT, like a really surprising person to give him that much trouble, but historically has just been like a, such a, the bane of existence. Regardless, you're right. Zane's bracket, I think he's favored over every single person. But I think it's 60-40, 65-35. It's all mm-hmm. stuff where I don't think any of it is a sure bet. Uh, you give him axe. We talked about that. So that's super hard. Mango could beat him. Uh, the Falcons, Wizzy and Nunn, both potential to beat him. And then you get to Plup, obviously. He's been someone who's so good at that matchup. And what we've seen of Plup before has been a little tough, uh, hasn't entered a lot, and the stuff that he's entered is usually high caliber, 
So he's, he's playing a lot of really good people. It's like an SCL type thing. That's the only thing you get to see him at. And there's not a lot of info that can be grabbed from playing the best players. But he did well there. And what we saw in the LAN uh, Plup Showdown exhibitions, 5-0 Ngatsu, 5-1 uh, Wizzy. Like, dude, it might be the time for Plup to, uh, you know, he got to the last LAN Summit he got to set to a grand finals. This might be the time where you get to see him take the whole thing. Mm. Uh, I would love to see that. That would be that would be so sick. I would love all, to see it too. Are we all picking a new summit winner who has never won summit before? Zane won summit ten online. That's whatever right. You, yeah. Whatever you want to count that. Um, I mean, obviously that meant a lot, but I think like in terms of like bona fide summit champions, you have Armada four times. <laughs> Uh, you got HBox three times, and I think it's like Axe yes. and and, uh, YouTube. and YouTube King one apiece. Yeah, so like definitely, I think there's a great chance that we see a new entrant into that. Uh, and if we don't, then it's HBox or Axe, which is wild. So anyway, yeah, we're, seeing history. <laughs> we're seeing some history one way or another. So it it is going to be such a sick event, dude. You mentioned IBDW and SFAT Escape for Plup, like. Dude, I think Aklo is scary for Plup. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, there are – so Plup's pool has IBW in it. That's tough. Um, I'm not too scared about Two Saint. I'm not too scared about Axe. It's definitely something where it needs – that That would be a good time to show what Plup we're dealing with. Because we've seen the, like, proficient chic Plup where he looks like he's, like, the fastest player in the world – and that I have a lot of confidence in, confidence in. And then we've seen the plup who like goes Fox all the time, and that I have like no confidence in. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Fox is amazing. It's not an issue of that. It's just it tends to be if he's going Fox, his mentality might be not in the same headspace as his chic is. Uh, but yeah, I mean IBW super hard. He could end up second in that pool. That could put him in a gauntlet scenario where he might have to play. S-Fat, Moki, Akla, like the type of player who could make it that far in Gauntlet. And then he gets Bracket. Like the fact that he has three Fox players of that caliber um, who are just like really scary threats and has to play them in so many sets, be it Gauntlet, Pools, or uh, Final Bracket, it is scary, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to call it. Why not? Plop, plop victory. Well, maybe he either beats them in the Fox Ditto for certain for some of the stages that aren't friendly to Sheik, or he just goes Samus on those stages and catches them off guard. Who knows? <laughs> you, you never know. What, like a small part of me, a small part of me is like, you know, like he seems to be struggling with IBW. Uh, what if he just pulls out the Samus? It's not like I, what kind I, of practice. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna do it. And I do look. IBW is our first guest we're waiting for game. Uh, IBW. Really sick guy. Uh, very know, friendly to us. Very friendly to us. Has been been really nice uh, to Melee Stats, even when we weren't uh, a 20k subscriber YouTube channel. Uh, mm-hmm. Shoutouts to everyone. Uh, so obviously, I, I like him. He's he's a really cool guy. I've had some sick chats with him. That being said, I think he's going to get destroyed by Plum Samus. I have seen those friendlies. If it were to happen, I would be scared for, uh, I mean, stage dependent, of course, but, but yeah, uh, that would be, it's one of those weird things where I think Plup Samus would do well, but also by virtue of him going Samus, I'd have to worry about 
the rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely a lot of questions for him. I think he might not get, I mean, I pick first, but might not get first, but a top three, dude, I think that's really in his grasp. <sighs> is there uh, anything else we want to talk about? Some, you know, this is like, this is the first big event, uh, largest prize pot of melee history. It's like, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and thank you, someone who bought 602 slippy hats. <laughs> so, okay. I, I, have one person, I don't know. <laughs> I have a good question that I want to hear your two thoughts on. How many, so what I mentioned in my column is that, so I wrote a column previewing Summit earlier this week, as we alluded to. I wrote that I think that there are four people who could realistically win the event, Zane, Mango, Plup and Wizardrobe. And then I mentioned three people for if the stars align properly, IBW, Hungrybox, or Axe could like maybe have like a minuscule chance of winning it if everything goes right. Do you, is there anyone else that you, or I guess you should put it bluntly, how many people do you guys think have a realistic chance at winning this tournament? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's a good, good answers right there. Uh, I would pick the same four as favorites. Yeah, uh, IBW in my column, I, I got into this a tiny bit, but I think that he is someone who needs the right bracket. I don't think he's at the point right now where he can do it regardless. Uh, I mean, that's not a knock on him. There's a lot of players who need the right bracket. Even some of the favorites need the right bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but him, he might need it to be configured in a very specific way. Uh, and I think HBox would probably be the same way. I think you're right about that. Dude, if we're going to talk about brackets, like perfect brackets, why don't we just bring up OMSA? <laughs> like, I don't know what could happen, but uh, I definitely think that there is an ideal bracket that we can see. Uh, I mean, it gets tough at the end because those that caliber of player who uh, would be in like a grand final situation does really well versus OMSA. We saw... Uh, I think IBW won his like first set versus Zamsa ever. Yeah, I I don't see Zamsa unfortunately. And you know it's it's a shame because I think with with Zamsa especially like if you looked historically when he was doing really well, he had wins on all the top players except for Armada. And I and you would think that without Armada or without a top level Peach at this event that it would be much easier for him. But frankly, I, I think the Spaceys or I think the Fox players just. Are, are really scary for him. We said this the entire time. We said this all the time. True, yeah, I, I, oh. I can't count him out. Uh, if you want to talk about minuscule chances, he's got it. Uh, none, none. He's might you know he's someone who I don't think has that uh, those really hard matchups that Amsa might have. I mean, I think he's got really tough matchups. Mango. But, yeah, but it's like that. That's the thing about Falcon. He, uh, Falcon is just fast Zangief, and he can just do that. And none. <laughs> None is able to like use that to his advantage. Uh, I, I think that none gets hit hard by certain player matchups, but I never think that he doesn't have a chance to win. If you told me like give him fifty sets with Mango, I'm saying he's still winning three. Like I don't think it's never going to happen. Yeah, um, he just has that that ability to turn it on, and like he did versus Mutu King, like he did versus Mango at uh, EGLX 2019. Like he is a streak breaker for a reason. Um, and I yeah, just think like, it's tough for it all to happen at once. Well, that's the question. The question is, it has to be stars aligned, yeah, right? Fair, like he's not enough. a Wizzy. Wizzy, if you give me 
like Wizzy versus Hbox or Wizzy versus Plup, it, you know, those type of matchups. Uh, I think Wizzy has a better win percentage. But like, th- if there's a, I don't know, there might be matchups that I don't see Wizzy winning at all, but I could see none eking out something. And, you know, the thing is that in a post-Armada world, and even in a pre-Armada world with Mewtwo King, I think Summon is a good place for the stars to uh, to start aligning for you, especially in, in, in its later iterations, especially with Axe. Um, you know, th- that being the only major that he's, he's won, obviously, it's like, yeah. I think the format of having, you know, a limited amount of sets to play, which I mean, there are a lot of sets to play here to be fair, but it's not like you're, uh, you know, you're coming off of this like huge bracket where you've had to play like eight different people who you have no idea about You're you're in sort of like a, a concentrated environment where you have a lot of information about the games that you're going to have to play and that sort of thing. Um, and you know, <laughs> who knows? Like there could be just, you know, the, like you said, stars can align. I think it's kind of unlikely for it to happen for like Axe or none or, you know, who's the first player we talked about. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's unlikely, but it's not out of the question. I would have said, I, we probably would have said a similar thing about Axe before, uh, before smash summit eight. I just thought Mikey, you mentioned the dream bracket would have Mango winning and Hbox finishing second. Well, <laughs> do I have a compliment to that? I like to call this the nightmare bracket. So oh, just, no. Just imagine this, okay? Imagine SFATS having the tournament performance of his life. Amazing. He makes, it to, he makes it to top eight of winners. He plays Zane or whatever in winners' semifinals, and he beats him. He beats him three... 3-2 or whatever. He goes to grand finals, you know, plays a fo- Fox Ditto against fellow upstart IBDW who's having the tournament performance of his life because IBDW also beat Mango for the first time in a long time. And let's say SFAT clutches it out over IBDW in a tight five-game Fox Ditto. He's sitting in winner's side of grand finals and then coming all the way from losers after dropping an early set is Hungry Box. Hungrybox meets SFAT in grand finals, wins a heartbreaker set one, three, two, and then three O's him in set two and pops off. Edwin, geez, you're manifesting this. (laughs) I I talked about, I I mean, I was on like pure copium at the time, but in 2018, Mm -hmm. maybe 2019, I talked about like, I don't like HBox, but I think HBox would be cool as a top 10 player, like an ninth best player in the world someone who had the chance of winning but didn't always win now we have that we have the hbox <laughs> i feel like it's more terrifying it's scary it's not good he could do this at any time and then like it's just like flashbacks when we all know it's happening um yeah i <laughs> that, that's rough uh <laughs> mikey if you've ever watched an hbox set with wheat like in person it's so funny <laughs> within the first like six seconds of hbox gets knocked down jab reset we will like look at me frantically and be like it's over hbox is winning the set we, we I've never, like I've, every time i said it's over i've been right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, i've true. walked it, like i i go i walk out i live my life i see that jab reset rest on on like the first <laughs> counter pick I, and i have a new lease on life suddenly i get all this time to myself 15 minutes of my life that i wouldn't have otherwise no i, I feel like I, yeah 
yeah, I feel yeah. like the classic is like you're, you know, you're whoever your fox is takes the first stock against HBox, and you're like, holy shit, nice. And uh, you don't feel another good emotion rooting for that fox player for the rest of the set. <laughs> it just only gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. There's uh, HBox. There's no way we can talk have a melee episode without talking about him. A melee episode. A, a podcast He's episode. He's like Thanos. He could retire, and, and we'd still talk about him every episode. We'd be like, would Xbox <laughs> witness? <laughs> uh, who knows, man? Um, I don't know. I, all I know is that this has been a wonderful episode, and Summit is going to be, no matter how it ends up, uh, if it does end up with Xbox creating a nightmare situation over Asphalt, or if it ends with... Uh, dream scenario of 10 game grand finals mango over zane or something who knows like regardless i think that we will have a scl lacs uh big house nine level of of like hope and uh, passion and love uh and it's all because of the the passion and love that's put into it by the the BTS crew. Um, so I gotta say, shout outs to uh, to Aiden for that. Obviously, doesn't do it by himself, but uh, he's uh, always brewing up some weird things and still has time to be on our shows. So I, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're on our way out here, Mikey. I, I really do appreciate you for being on. You are literally from your Summit hotel room. Uh, you are like second to Pipsqueak, who did this at 5 a.m. European time in terms of our guests who were so selfless on being on. Uh, you were texting me from your Uber about how, like, when you'd show up. It's sweating. Dude, what a uh, what a gift for you to do this. I, I appreciate this so much. Um, hey, yeah, always fun. I did say during the campaign that I'd, I'd go on anyone's podcast, and that offer stands. Uh, long into the future so you know when, whenever whenever is good i'll 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 drop you know a reasonable amount of things to to, to come on through well cheat we actually have a, a couple questions for you from from our patrons so oh, we can, very nice we can quickly get get over them um the first one from dark gen x Wheat's pick from from the stock exchange. What's pick. your marketing advice for future prospective summit meme picks? <laughs> that is a really good question. I just just make content that you like. Get have friends. Have them make things. Also, it's it's magical. Change your profile pictures. That worked really well. <laughs> All right. Well. I'll go to to another one. Oh God, this is a bad bad question. Uh, this is this is a, a hallmark of the, uh, uh, the, the Patreon question. exclusive questions. Is oh that, God, uh, okay. We always have to tell them how bad questions they make, and then usually <laughs> uh, after doing that, they they write some good ones. All um, right, here's one from patron in Pittsburgh, figure uh, Johnny Gamble. What is, is the one? cheats? What is the cheats' favorite crowd moment at an Arizona event? And just generally, what's your favorite crowd moment when out of region? Um, I think my favorite crowd that I've ever been in is actually Flatiron Three, where Axe made it to uh, grand finals and reset the bracket against mm-hmm. Leffen. Uh, and we were that's a great uh, set. Yeah, there's that was 
that was a vibe in that venue. We were imploring Axe to flip a water bottle, and he did it. And I think he landed it, if I remember correctly. That was very hype. Uh, that was great. I talk about a lot. Um, Smash the Target in 2015 was at the time the largest Arizona Melee tournament ever, and it was only like 120 people. And we've had like weeklies that have blown that out of the fucking water at this point. But at the time, it felt amazing. It was West Ball's Axe Grand Finals and just a like a small venue packed full of people who were inordinately hype about um, this like, you know, this like regional rivalry that was brewing and ultimately ended up being, you know, for a while, like a very exciting rivalry between the two of them. Uh, so that was like the first big tournament I went to. And I have honestly been chasing that high ever since. So uh, those are my, those are my answers there. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, this kind of ties into this. What would be your favorite chant? Uh, uh, AZ known for a lot of crowd chants. Do you have a particular one? Uh, yes, sweet. That would be fuck my tiny ass. Thank you very much. That is my favorite. I think I knew what I was getting into with that. Yeah, there you is go. Is there any merchandise that would uh, that you could buy that would have that emblazoned on it? I tell you what, if there is, it certainly isn't on Smash GG. <laughs> All right, here's uh, a here's one from Yamham. Uh, what are you most looking forward to about the return to offline events? Uh, the uncertainty. This feels like must see TV in a way that you know melee hasn't felt like in a long time, and uh, I think a lot of that is because we, for those of us who are who have been paying attention, it's a lot of anticipation about what this looks like and. Uh, as evidenced by this podcast, uh, there are f- few certainties involved in that. So I think that's super exciting. Uh, wait, who's the guy from 21 Jump Street? Ambi, why did you ask that? Not the cheat. Not the cheat. It's a, it's a reference. Uh, um, what is the cheat's favorite Pop-Tart flavor? And favorite cereal. Okay, we're really uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah, this so is crunch is good. Brown cinnamon sugar. Cinnamon's good. Uh, all the way around. Pop tarts and cereal, I guess. Do you have uh, Do you have two queen beds in your room right now, or do you get one king? Yeah, two queen beds. One for me and one for <laughs> Nick Yingling. Uh, oh, are you guys rooming together? Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say <laughs> I, if, I, if I picked bu- up the reference suite. If you were well, yeah. Uh, I mean, there is a very classic melee stats reference that regards to that. But I was actually going to say, um, what I like to do if I'm in a hotel room by myself: one bed is the sleeping bed, and one bed is the eating bed. <laughs> so uh, that, if it was just you, that that could be uh, your sleeping bed, and then you could have your cinnamon experience bed. I do have this nice desk here that I could eat upon if I wanted to. It's not the I'm, same as I mean, you're a fiend, wheat. <laughs> the, the, the staff at the hotels must fucking hate you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm very nice. I, I I do tip the staff and I do clean it up. Except uh, when we left Genesis <laughs> Six Hotel, there were a lot of beer bottles and a non. Uh, but other than that, I, yeah, there's a piece of non. Uh, okay. Other than that, I I've had an impeccable record of. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love the service industry. I, I think that uh, it's. Uh, really good to help them out whenever you can because uh usually their their jobs aren't helping them out um i'm a i'm kind of a labor king i would say but uh in that same regards i i love to eat on bennett's 
just for reference, the non was definitely not mine, Eric. I see you in the in the chat. Non was not was not for me. I would never do that. No, the non was from. Uh, I went to uh, an, an Indian place with Jim Jim Flim Flam and uh, Ding and uh, Papa Nooch. That is actually where I heard that Mango beat Mag- uh, that Magi beat Mango. It was. Mm. Uh, it's like when everyone says, "Like you remember where you were when you heard about 9-11? That was my experience. Well, I don't know if that. I, I understand what you're saying. It seems like too, very. Oh, sorry, different. maybe not nine eleven. What about the JFK assassination? Is that a better? <laughs> you know that yeah, I yeah, heard. Yeah. I heard about Kobe Bryant dying because I was walking behind Chillin' Dude and somebody else, and that person told Chillin' Dude that. And then I looked. Yeah, at my I had phone. a. Son- I had something similar. I, I heard people talking about it on the way to the, yeah. the uh, theater at Genesis 7. What a weird day. Yeah. Mogul moves <laughs> and wins Genesis 7. <laughs> Kobe Bryant. Not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's well, bizarre. Mikey. Actually, here's, uh, I was going to transition. Here's a quick uh, little question from uh, Vlerk from uh, the Netherlands. He wants to know how to pronounce your last name. Oh. So I'm sure this has been like every substitute teacher's uh, like thing that they ask you immediately but correct uh the woman dropped the uh, first time uh yesterday which is crazy uh it's iosu uh oh. but that's not yeah. how my ancestors pronounce it they pronounce it iosue uh we americanized it so interesting it's iosu well now i know uh, i th- always thought it was like i used to yeah, you know, you're in the ballpark of how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so, Mikey, usually, since since we seem to be done with the questions already, usually what we do at the end of the show, this is kind of a segment we've been doing for a while, is that each of us gets to talk about something that we're doing outside of Melee or something we've done outside mm-hmm. of Melee for the last week. It's just kind of a reminder to our audience that we have lives outside of Melee, hobbies, well, I mean, Mike, you're, you're really good at this because um, – so, yeah, it can be something we've done, an activity, something that's interested us, just something that has been a part of our lives recently that uh, that is not Melee. And you're great about this because if there's one thing that you know from, from looking at your Twitter is that, sure, you, you might like Melee, but you really like the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> now, I don't want to – I don't want to lead your answer anywhere, uh, but I just want to give you, like, an idea of, like <laughs> – me and Edwin were just kind of melee weirdos, and if we didn't say that we like other things, people wouldn't know that. Uh, but you right. kind of have a more uh, well-rounded personality. But, but yeah, this is, <laughs> would be your time to uh, to let anyone in on something that maybe you like that the greater community might not know, or maybe you just say Sons and Five. I guess so. You know, yeah, Sons and Five, I think, is ubiquitous. kind of goes without saying. You, you, you know this uh, already. Um, I mentioned already that I love my wife very much. That's great. Uh, one I love other mine th- too. Yeah, there you go. One other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that somebody from the Melee Stats server caught me on GeoGuessr the other day with the tag Yingling for Summit. Uh, and I love GeoGuessr. Uh, I never get Lithuania wrong. Uh, now, level 51, been grinding that pretty hard. Uh, so, uh, highly recommend geoguesser but also primarily sons and five mikey would you believe that one of my uh whatever this segment's called the unnamed segment one of my answers for this was uh geo wizard on youtube yeah ludwig collaborator yeah (laughs) uh so yeah that that is an awesome answer i've seen your streams you kill it 
good audience interaction. You you answered the top five Sun players of all time, and we had the same exact uh, list, so that's sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess for my uh, answer, you know, this past week, as uh, Whitney for Gamers understood, I was on vacation. <laughs> I, I got to go to uh, the shore, as we call it, the Jersey Shore. I was in uh, Ocean City, New Jersey, which is um, – the same place I was, Scar has tweeted from like pictures from Ocean City, New Jersey on the boardwalk while I was on the boardwalk. Uh, so definitely some deep smash history there as well. Wow. But uh, yeah, I mean, super fun experience. Obviously, uh, being like on vacation is something that I'm very privileged to have. Uh, I know that a lot of people in the world don't have that luxury. But uh, one of the things that always I've loved most about vacation and something that I'm able to do... Uh, since it's a longer vacation, it's just like those moments where you do nothing. Uh, my family's like a big planner. We do lots of fun mm. stuff and everyone's got these like really fun, quirky things. That, those are great. But sometimes the things you look back on is just like reading a book or taking a walk, something that you could do literally where you just came from, but instead you're doing it a different place and it means so much to me. Uh, in traveling for Smash and just traveling otherwise, some of the like deepest sense memories I have tend to be by myself with my headphones in, walking around a place I'd never know, I've never been before. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's what I've been. I, I walked the entire boardwalk. It was two point five miles one way, two point five miles the other. Put in a couple albums, and I just looked at the ocean. That was a, a wonderful experience. Sometimes it's great to not have plans, you know. Not having plans feels good. All right, Edwin, come on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try to see how long I can keep that in for. All right, so <laughs> the last week I've actually been um, I've actually been pretty busy because my spouse has been pretty sick. So a couple days ago, I decided. Or no, it wasn't a couple of days ago. It was just yesterday. Yesterday, I decided to bake some cookies for the first time for both of us. Mm. And let me tell you, there's nothing better to do when your significant other is sick than to bake them cookies. This shit is a mood lifter. And it's also incredible. Makes them view, view you better. You get to have cookies also with whatever <laughs> whatever drink you want. It's just Did they like them around. or no? Yeah, they love them. So... So it was great. You just have basic chocolate chip cookies, get some milk, or usually sometimes I make chai in the afternoon, so I'd have chocolate chip cookies and chai. I know that sounds like a really strange combination, but trust me, it works. But now I have this new problem where I have like 20 cookies just at, over over there. It's off screen. You can't see them. None of it is for you, for you guys. None of you are having cookies. Shit. It's just for, for, for it's just. We're for not me. getting hugs. We're not getting cookies. Yeah, no hugs, no cookies. It's just for me and cacti. But <laughs> but yeah, so now I just have a bunch of cookies. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, um, you, you'll note that a couple or a few weeks ago, I talked about like uh, taking nutrition and fitness a lot more seriously. So you'll know that this is a big problem, right? So I've kind of developed this new strategy to make sure that I hit like my exact amount of protein like per day while not crossing my calorie requirements. And I have to say, it's not easy. So like now that I have these 20 cookies like off screen, again, just for me and my, my spouse, um, I have to factor in the fact that I'm going to have one or two each day. And, uh, and so I basically have like 
1300 calories to work around to make sure that like i'm still getting my my macros and nutrients in and everything right so like for i've been having like <laughs> this keeps going oh, oh i'm sorry no, i just i think this is a great story i also think that um the idea of like having a segment where we talk about our life has just like really opened up the pathway for this to just be a, a health podcast <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, what what I'm saying is you shouldn't do what I'm doing right now. So, cuz basically don't, I have Don't bake cookies for your sick spouse. No, 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 do that, but don't have a 1500 calorie diet where you it's effectively 1300 because you have to have those cookies. Like today mm. my dinner was literally just <laughs> like cheese and a protein shake. Oh, and a cookie. That's right. Mikey <laughs> I talked about before how I think you are the second most devoted guest we've ever had because you are literally doing this from your summit hotel room. Uh, I think <laughs> after this, I might have to say you're number one. Uh, First getting through the great Edwin Budding cookie <laughs> anecdote of 2021. <laughs> yes. I, I think that you are, you're such a trooper for this and I, I cannot thank you more, but yeah, I mean, dude, you have been such a great guest. Uh, it's a really fun having you appearance. on. You are you're a two time guest now in the melee stats universe. So, uh, like Doctor Disrespect, you get three more. You get a jacket. I think that's what we established. Um, ever since we established that, now uh, we figured out Aiden's at four, so we can't have him on again. Uh, <laughs> not in the budget. <laughs> so we do not have the budget for a jacket right now. Uh, no, but you you have been such a great guest. I appreciate it so much. Uh, obviously, you know you have if people know you they they probably have seen your twitter with the famous profile picture but um it's time for you to plug anything you want i've seen you streaming on twitch i've seen you on twitter what do you what do you got for us yeah you know, most of the actions on twitter uh at the cheat.com one day it will be at the cheat when i find that man's house and do uh an unspeakable act um but until now at the cheat.com the underscore cheat on uh twitch and catch me on commentary for smash summit hell this yeah week. Uh, twitch.tv slash BTS smash. Uh, and uh, yeah, this was, this was fantastic. This was a really, really great conversation. I really appreciate, uh, you know, being able to, to sit here from my hotel room in West Covina, California and, uh, and talk to y'all. And uh, Edwin, I will, I will do my, my darndest. I, I got to check out the episode that uh, I wasn't on last week. I got to see how you did the plugs. So it might be a little rusty, but, um, you know, if, if you like this, uh, if, if you like our podcast, you can watch us live on twitch.tv slash melee stats. You can also watch the videos we put out. Uh, we still have that, uh, full length video, uh, rip captain Falcon that you can see that's at, uh, melee stats you. on, on YouTube. If you like these episodes and if you want to see bonus content, we do that at the melee stats archive also on YouTube. You can find our tweets, uh, daily reporting tweets and, uh, sometimes a meme or two you can find those at twitter.com uh, slash melee stats pod if you want to read monday morning marth read when's melee you can do so at meleestats.co and if you love all that and want to support us you can do it so at patreon.com slash melee stats edwin did i miss anything uh you pretty much nailed it it's been really ha- awesome having you on cheat we it's wonderful to have you back on the show as usual i'll never leave <laughs> I will I will die in this chair behind in front of all these CDs uh on this podcast. But until no then more vacations. 
No more vacations. That's what the boss said. That's what Edwin said. <laughs> uh, and, and until my, my fateful demise, uh, this is the second time in a row that I've talked about my death on this show. Uh, and, until then, uh, I, I'm happy to host the show, and I am happy for you guys to watch. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, next week, we will talk about Summit. Dude, I am so excited. Uh, peace out, everyone. What Take care, y'all. Goodbye.